He is a big-time Jet fan, Kevin James. I was a running back in high school is that and right? college. This is when you realize the dream is kind of over. When you suck <laughs> at Division Three football. I think this podcast needs more cowbell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. Could have, he could have given me a forearm shipper there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Larry David. No question I could be an offensive coordinator. Remember the Dan Marino play against the, the Jets? The fake spike. I had that years before the Jets. <laughs> Michael Strahan and Warren Sapp. Well, why was he in the game? No, Only Brett no, Paul possesses no. the power that when they call all tackle left, he's going to move it. But who watched it? Hey, that's on Brett Favre. <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We have uh, got a pretty big bar to leap after last week's Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast with Larry David, Jeff Garland, Bob Einstein, J.B. Smoove, the three hilarious executive producers and writers of Curb. Um... Uh, from uh, we're we're still tabulating numbers, and we'll get that at the end of the podcast. I think it's definitely the most downloaded podcast we ever we've ever put together here. So the bar has been set pretty high, uh, and uh, we got a lot of feedback from that show, mostly positive. We did get a few tweets uh, complaining that there's not enough football talk right now on the podcast, and to that, my only response is, it's just so tough. <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, to be talking football. Like there's going to be a season, even though everybody thinks there's going to be a season. It's just really difficult because what are the rules? Who's a free agent? Who isn't? What's the rookie stuff? I mean, and the fact is, is how can we talk about it if the people who are negotiating it still can't figure it out? Every time I do a podcast in the past three weeks, I I sit down at the microphone thinking this is going to be the week it happens. This is going to be the last week in which we have a lockout. Next week, we'll talk football more. Uh, plus, you know, this podcast is 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 about more than football. But again, this was just a small number of people who who, who sent that critique. I think somebody popped the one star on the rating system on the iTunes, complaining that there was no football talk last week, even though again it was Larry David and company. But that's just again my philosophy, people. It's just uh, I could have I could have you know our legal team our legal experts in here talking about it. We could have, I could get uh, any number of our, of our uh, information men. Lock and four has been telling me for weeks, everyone, every time it's been close, supposedly, he says, we're not close. He's been spot on. And uh, Lombardi knows, he came on here a few weeks ago and started talking about what the, the post lockout schedule would look like lockouts over these are how many days they'll have to figure out what the salary cap is then the league year can start here and then training camps can open here and then you know just last week Schefter and Mort came up with a story with what the schedule would look like and and um and it pretty much matched up I mean we we were when we have news that you can use we're talking about it but other than that I just do not think a lot of folks want to hear about um, who's going to be a free agent and what teams can win what division and and uh, what coaches need to do this and that when it's not a certainty. And I also just don't want to talk about the ins and outs of these negotiations because they change every second. And this podcast lives on the Internet and, and also airs on the network, I guess, and repeats. And I just want to keep it as fresh as possible. So that's just my that's just my philosophy. 
And I hope uh, most of you can understand it and agree with it, quite frankly, because I want us to all get along. I really want us to all get along. You like that, Mike? Del Tufo, were you, I heard you laughing. Is yes. your microphone open? You're in charge of the microphones, and your microphone's open? Of course it's open, Rich. Come on. I'm doing my open here. I want a 10, too. I'm ready. I'm we ready. All for, I mean, I'm all so of us ready. here. All of us here. So ready. Good Lord. I mean, all of us here want this thing over. And everybody involved wants it, too. So hopefully they can hammer this thing. And in the meantime, we've got a great lineup for you. Um, Plexico Burris. In our studio, so much to talk about. Well, we'll talk a lot of football with Plex about what he thinks his future is. But I have a lot of questions I want to ask him because when he was going through his whole ordeal of his own making, uh, I had a lot of questions about what, why he did what he was doing, why he had a gun in the first place, what his decision-making process was when he was, you know, dealing with uh, supposed plea bargains that were were put in front of him, what it was like when he was in prison for all that time, what. What is he doing, basically, now? Lots to talk about with him. Jim Mora Sr. is going to return to this podcast. He is fresh back with from uh, overseas, the Persian Gulf. He went to the Persian Gulf to visit the troops with his son, Jim Mora. Also with Ken Wisenhunt, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and Gary Kubiak, the head coach of the Houston Texans. Want to talk about that excursion with him. Also, it's time to review some movies again. Chris Law, podcast producer. Remember when uh, Jim came on Oscar time, gave us his Oscar picks? He was great. He knows his stuff. He, Very popular, right, with some popular, of our listenership. Good feedback, and uh, he sees everything. He He's out there. He's, it's he's, summer movie time. We're going to talk movie. summer movies with him. At the halfway point. So we are. Give us the halfway update. We are. We are. So uh, I want to talk some uh, flicks with him. And then the, the um, very popular host of Sports Nation, Michelle Beadle of ESPN. Fresh off the ESPYs, fresh off the ESPY uh, party. Uh, I'm told it's it's unbelievable how fresh she is from the off ESPY party right now. <laughs> we shooting uh, Thursday morning. Let's just say she didn't need a wake up call. Is that right? Okay. Morning. Well, she's on her way here, and um, and I'm excited. I've never met her. I've heard only great things about her. I've seen what she does on television. I think she's extremely talented and funny. Um, and uh, men and women, a lot of the Kara likes her. Kara, who's you know a podcast regular here, she she thinks she's very talented too. So she's a chick's chick, but guys like her too. So she's got it all. There you she's go, good. Chris Law. Way to break it down. Way to boil it down. So we're going to talk ESPYs with her. Sports Nation. What Colin Cowher? How do you work with him every day? We'll talk about that. Also uh, ESPN. But let's get right to it. Let's get to Plex. Pleased to welcome on the Rich Eisen podcast right now, uh, one of the Super Bowl heroes of the last New York Giants Super Bowl season, free agent now, lots gone on in his life in between. Good to see you, Plexico Burris. Good to see you, Rich, man. Good to see you. How are you? Of course. Last time I saw you, you were on our set at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you had your son, I, I guess, Elijah yes, was with sir. you at the time. Yes, sir, I did. Confetti was in your hair. Oof. You're picking it out of your out of your hair. You just caught one of the latest game-winning passes of all time right and now you you you're here years later mm-hmm. uh with a harrowing experience now in your 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 rearview mirror how are you a different person now than the last time i well, saw you you know just you know just just letting everything take its course you know uh you know just pretty much you know you can't control the things that you can't control mm-hmm. you know you know just stay positive and uh, you know, uh, it, it it made me love harder. 
you know, going through that and, you know, being away being away from my family for, for an extended amount of time and, you know, just being patient and uh, believing in yourself, remaining confident that, you know, everything will work itself out. But, but when you say love harder, you just respect um, or just appreciate things more? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no doubt. I mean, m- my wife and kids, first and foremost, uh, you know, my extended family. And just you know, just everything that you, you know, that you're blessed with, you know, you know, not not taking anything for granted, you know, just making every day your masterpiece, like the great John Wooden would say, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just you know, just trying to serve a purpose, you know, just trying to find out what that purpose is in life, and and being a champion in life. What do you think your purpose is in life now? I mean, you're associated now with the Brady Center, the National Urban League. Right. What would you say if somebody just came to you, didn't know your story? didn't know who you were at all and said to you, what is your purpose in life? How would you respond to that? Um, I would just say my purpose is to, you know, just, just to go up, just to go wherever the path takes me. Uh, I have no idea, you know, where that may be. If I can just, uh, you know, get into the communities and, and, and mentor kids and, you know, you know, keep them away from, you know, gun violence and, you know, and, and uh, uh, stress and education, you know, how important it is, you know, that it can just, you know, take you anywhere where you want to go in life, literally, literally and physically. And just, uh, you know, just just trying to, you know, uh, you know just, just just to be that hope for people that you, that you can go through something, even if it's a tragic situation or even if it's, if it's trials and tribulations or you know, even a setback that you can you can bounce back, dust yourself off and, you know, come out on the other side clean. If, if you don't mind, I want to ask you some questions about, what you've been through and how you got into that situation. Because, I, I, right. I, 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 like I said, I've known you for a while. You right. know, on the way over here, you mentioned, uh, was I guess it, we shot it, we were in a Reebok commercial. I guess that was, man, it was like, two. Th- what was that? 2003, I believe. That was a long time ago. Yeah, well, yeah. I think that might have been the first time I met you. That was like, a, we were all in like McNabb's house. It was a Donovan McNabb yeah. house, right? Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, yeah. And, uh, David Akers, Tony, uh, Javon Curse, yeah. Tori Holt. And you remembered something I don't remember. What, what did you remember? What did you remember? <laughs> we was outside standing by the by the food truck. Yeah, you know we give you know, fruits and omelets and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if you if you were tired from the night before or whatever maybe. it may be. Could know, have been. I walked up on you. I said you was eating some fruit or banana or whatever I believe. And I, <laughs> I said, Richard, I don't mean to interrupt your breakfast, man, but your mm-hmm. but your shorts are on backwards. And he was like, Are they really? And you look down and say, yeah, they are. So the, the tag was out? It's, fu- it's no, funny. It was like the Reebok sign was facing backwards. Oh, so it was right side in. Yeah. It was just... They were just the other side around. Huh. See, that's funny. I've, I've completely... <laughs> I've completely hey, forgotten I would, that. I will not let you live it down every time I see you. Well, it's now it's now recorded forevermore. I mean, this is on the internet. It's, it goes it goes international. This conversation now everyone will know. I don't know. Was, I guess it was. It may have been a rough night, a long morning. You know those shoots they go on forever. I'll, I'll give you this. It was it was about six forty five in the morning. It was it, was, it right? was early. It was really early. Yeah. So, and we were staying at we were staying at Ritz Carlton Marina Del Rey. So it was mm-hmm. a, at least a. Our ride. Yeah, because I remember Pasadena. that was out by Pasadena. Yeah, it was, that in was Pasadena. way out. Yeah, I was like, well, why, why do I have a stand way over there? We're coming way out here. I know. Yeah. Well, Rich Carlton, they just wanted to treat you with the, uh, you know, respect that you deserved. No doubt. Time. I no know. Doubt. So, uh, yeah, so we've known each other a long time. And, and when you were going through this process, I, I was I was like, you know what? If I if I had him here, I was going to ask him these questions. So I'm going to ask you these questions now, right. if, if, if I may. Okay. First one, why, why did you have, why were you armed that night? Why did you go out with a firearm that night? 
You know, uh, you know, I, I look back on the situation and just, uh, I guess, the uh, different emotions, you know, that were going on with, you know, me and a uh, teammate, you know, you know, uh, being robbed at gunpoint a few days earlier, and you know what was going on in the community. It was like, you know, uh, seven whole invasions in like five days. It, it was a real bad stretch of things that were going on in the New Jersey area, and uh, you know, I had my back door kicked in maybe like a week and a half prior to that, and it's just, you know, just having you know, a feeling and. And I was actually going to pick up Ahmad Bradshaw, who stayed, uh, uh, like, directly across the street from Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was robbed at gunpoint at his door. And, um, you know, I was out. And um, Ahmad said that, said that he went around with me. And I actually went home to grab my farm and wouldn't pick him up. Or why, I have no idea. You know, I, those are the emotions. And, so you initially were going out without it? Yeah, I was already out. I was already out with the guys. We were hanging out at Applebee's. Yeah. Huh. So and then you went back to get yeah yeah your piece and then you go to New York City with it. Did you yeah. know at the time what the what the laws were? I had no idea what they were. If if I if I would have been knowledgeable of the gun laws and you know uh, how how strict they were, I never would have put myself in that position. Never. Mm. Well, and, and and the other things I was thinking is that, so you have it and and what would you have done? With it, I mean, we, you you would have used it. I mean, if you were if somebody was coming up on you with gunpoint, I mean, heaven forbid, you know right. what what could happen if if everybody's pulling a firearm at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong at the time by by owning a firearm. Or no, no. I mean, no, no. I understand. Just, that. I just I kept thinking like, you know, I mean, right. if you were that that sounds like you know like the Wild West right there. If somebody's gonna come at me, I'm gonna come at you and. Then Lord know you you know you might not even be sitting here at all right now. You know that's uh, what I I, that's, I yeah. kept thinking that again because I I I you know it's uh, I was wondering what the mindset is behind that because to me that's that's completely foreign to me. I don't well, know. Well, I, I won't say that particular incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know of the why I carried it. You know I had been a gun owner for for ten years prior to that, and you know I had never had any. You know, uh, you know, troubles with the law, anything like that. And um, I, at the time, it was just, you know, I was a gun owner, and um, and and I, and I legally owned it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't breaking any laws. Mm-hmm. At the time, uh, there were all sorts of reports that you told your legal attorney you were not going to serve a day in jail, and you weren't going to take a plea or anything like that. Is is that true? That that you had you instructed your 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 legal staff. Yeah, in the beginning, you know, you you just look at the events of how how it unfolded and mm-hmm. and, and the facts of of the case of the incident. I, I really didn't think I would go to jail, and then they were coming back saying that you know you may have to serve 120 days, four to five months. I said, okay, if I do go to if I do end mm-hmm. up going to prison, that'll be the most time that I do spend. And I was saying to myself, okay, let's try to get this. If it's going to be that, if mm-hmm. it's going to be that, let's try to get this plea deal done and get this over with, you know, uh, you know, four to six months I'll be out and getting going to the next season. And just going through that whole process and them being stuck on two years, two years, it's just like, man, these people are, like, really serious. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's when it really started to settle in. I, I say, I was telling myself, I was like, hey, man, I really may go to jail for two years. And so there was no plea arrangement that you could have taken less time that you refused? No, th- there was nothing offered to me p- the whole time. The whole time? Less than two years. No kidding. The whole I mean, and you saw the mayor of New York. He's in an election year. He came yeah. out, and he he basically, when when this happened with you, 
Yeah. It was it was clear that he that you were going to have the book thrown at you at that point yeah, in time. What was, was your just, reaction to that? It was a it was a strange events. Mm-hmm. You know, we had um, you know called the prosecutors and had already made a deal that I was turning myself in and that I was going to bail myself out for like you know ten thousand dollars. And you know the man went on TV and my bail went to two hundred fifty thousand like in like five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you say, uh, you know, I, well, we I guess we can see who's pulling the reins on this this carriage. And, uh, you know, it, it just, after that, it just all went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And then you you, you uh, are sentenced and you, you begin serving your time. Right. The first week you're in there, were you, were, you, were you... The first day. What was your first day? What was your emotion like? Disbelief. Uh, unbelievable. This is not happening. Uh, I don't deserve this for what I've done to myself. And... To just be there with, you know, inmates who've committed all kind of crimes that you'll just be like, really? Like, you're in here for that? And I look at myself and I say, man, I, you know, I had a accidental discharge of a firearm and accidentally shot myself. And I ended up serving more time than uh, some guys that I was with for crimes you wouldn't believe. I got to ask you this question, too. I mean, uh, you heard about, you know, what's going on in Florida with Casey Anthony. Right. And and what she was accused of, and what many people in the United States, except for I guess a jury of her peers, really believes really happened there. Right. She's going to serve less time than you served. What, <laughs> what's your reaction to that, Plexiglass? Uh, I don't have a reaction uh, really to it at all because I really, really wasn't kept up to date with the case and what was going on. I was just, part to my knowledge, that a, that a little child mm-hmm. or, or daughter was right. missing or murdered. I don't know the little, but know, a lot of your colleagues specifics. in the NFL, their reaction to it right. was, I, I mean, can't believe she's going to serve less time than Plexiglas served. But you know, from what I understand, I don't really think there was any proof of anything that she done. So I, I don't know. I can't really right. speak on you know her case versus mine because I really don't know the specifics of anything. And and the flip side of of of, of what people say that you were you you served way too much time for the crime. Do you, People would say, "Well, you're just lucky that bullet didn't hit somebody else." Uh, I mean, definitely. do you think about that often? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, put myself and people around me definitely in, in a bad situation, and it was something that I say to myself that, you know, if some if something was, was to happen of that magnitude, it would probably been something that I wouldn't be up been able to forgive myself for. I'm just thankful that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So when you were in there, uh, who visited you? Oh man, I, I got so much support. Uh, my, my man Fred Taylor came to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Leftwich, uh, Jabril Wilson, Amani Tumba, David Tyree, Brandon Jacobs, Osu Mayor, Michael Strahan, uh, and my immediate family. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you know, guys showing a lot of support. You know, for me at the time in my life, where was you know, like the worst, lowest point of my life, and just just to have them guys, you know, go out of their way to come see me in like four or five hour drives to come spend a few hours with me every really minute a lot. I heard uh, Steve Tish. Yes, yes he did. Also visited you in the co-owners of the Giants. Yes. Visited yes. you. Yes, he did. What were those visits like? Uh, you know, it, it was it was kind of emotional. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, Steve and I, we, we, we share a friendship, you know, uh, outside of football, which is which is rare you know, for, for players and owners these days and um, it, it, it just meant a lot you know coming from him because he, he was very supportive through my whole situation and um, you know just staying in contact with my wife you know while I was away and seeing how she was doing it just really meant a lot and 
inviting my wife and my son to the games and different things like that. It just uh, it, it just meant a lot, and uh, you know we have a great friendship. Um, you know he's very, you know, trusting guy, and uh, I have a lot. I definitely have a lot of respect for him uh, professionally and, and and as a man. So uh, yeah, um, we we have a good relationship. So do you think the door might at all be open to return to the Giants at all? Uh, like I haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to you know to sit down and talk with anybody. Sure. So I I'm not sure. As to you know what my options are going to be, you right. know I hear through the through the wire and different things like that. But people have to understand that all these things that they're hearing. I haven't haven't had a chance to talk to anybody that right. has my agent. So it really just you know. But it, it, it is good to hear guys like uh, you know Brian Erlocker and, and Eli and uh, you know Michael Vick and you know these different guys come out and say Heinz Ward. These different guys say that they would love to have me to come play with them. I mean. I always say that the, that the greatest compliment that you can receive playing in this business is, is from the you know the guys that you play with and you build a relationship from. You can't get a a bigger compliment in playing this game. Now you're so you're sitting in prison, part of your 622 days there, and then the news comes to you that uh, your daughter your daughter Giovanna right is born right. What was that like for you? It's like like snatching your heart out and just stomping on it. It was just uh you know something that it was it was an emotion that I that I dealt with pretty pretty hard, you know just you know just not being there for, which would be the greatest day of of her life, you know and, and my wife and my son just not being there for that, the whole situation and, and and just to not be able to do anything about it and not be there and to, and to not you know, hug and smell and go through all those different emotions as a parent it was definitely something that I missed and. No, all I can do now is to <clears throat> is to be a better parent and, and 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 to love them even more and show more affection and just you know just unconditional love and uh, you know that's and that's that's really all I can do as a parent. So were you angry at all? Were you angry? Um, um I, I had I had different emotions for a long time. You know, being I mean being locked in a cell, you know, seventeen hours a day. I mean, of course you're angry. You know, when I first got in. For the first eight or nine days that I was in, I was on like twenty-three hour lockdown. You know, you said you're like, right? These people are treating me like I'm an axe murderer. You know, it was just, it was just crazy. You know, uh, when I was down in Ulster County, they put me like in a non-contact visit room, and it was just, they just played it as like I committed genocide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but yeah, but being in a cell for seventeen hours a day, that, that can get to you. That can make a man angry at times. So. um then you you're you're out you're done right what was that day like for you well it was just everything that uh well how about this let's start with this one what is it like the night before um were you thinking that there was at some point someone could come knock on your jail cell door and say oh by the way tomorrow's not happening were, did oh, you have any no, of that concern no, no. you were done you know what i couldn't believe that a day had finally came because you, cause you, you know, you say to yourself that you know you can't wait till the day comes. You know I'm gonna do this, and you no, know, this is a, this is how I'm going to feel. This is going to be the emotion. But but when you come out of that gate and it's behind you, I don't. I never look back. Mm. It was like it's time to go. I can't believe I when I got out. I was like, really? Did I just really do 21 months? Did I really just do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for one, for like the first time in my life, I was like proud of me. You know, going through that and. And coming out on top, you know, dominating that situation, that was the way that I looked at it. I say, you know, if I want to 
you know, you know, go back to, you know, having an impact, you know, just in life and being a better, you know, husband and father. You know, I'm going to have to dominate this situation to come out a better person. And to just have all those things lifted off your shoulder at one time is it was like it was it was a, it was a beautiful day. What but what do you mean that's the first time in your life that you're you're proud of yourself, Plex? Cuz I hear this it, it it I mean so many people uh would love to have a career like you've already done. I mean, you're a father twice over, you're married. Some people just say that's a reason to feel proud of. I'm not saying you don't feel proud of that by saying that. But you 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 made it to the NFL. Right. All right. Played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're right. great on campus of Michigan State, which again is a Wolverine. I'll, I'll look past. Blue. But you know, I know. Uh, but and then you you had one of the more. Inc- I mean, people will be sh- looking at your touchdown grab in the Super Bowl forevermore. Your cufflinks that you have right on right now are are Super Bowl cufflinks. Right. So why why would you say one of the first times in your life you're proud of yourself? Uh, you know those things that you're talking about. They're they're like they were dreams and goals of mine. You know, as a little kid, you know, started playing football when I was seven years old back in 1984, and all those things that you said, I aspired to be. And you know those dreams came true, and, and it was it was definitely a blessing to you know do all those things. But you have to understand when you're in sports and you know you're a professional, you have this you have this attitude or saying that you never be satisfied because you always want more. You know, you want to win more rings. You want more championships. You have to be better than, than, than you were the year before. You have to outperform yourself uh, uh, year, year, year in and year out. You have to be consistent every Sunday. Mm-hmm. But in life and, and getting through that, um, it's, it's, it's a, I don't think prison is a part of the, part, is a part of the plan for no man, you know, to go through. And to go through that, just in life, and to and to, be, to to dominate it and, and to get through it, and to come out stronger, better, you know, uh, mentally focused, more faithful, and 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 to have a new addition to your family, and to, to get through it, and to come out the way that I did. That's why I can say that uh, that was one of the few times that I was I was, I was proud of myself. Mm-hmm. And then you get out and Rosenhaus down here knocks you over. We showed that. On, <laughs> I mean, he jumped in your arms, man. I mean, you know, Drew. You know, he Drew. just. I mean, literally, yeah, man. Drew, Drew, Drew's a great guy. Uh, you know, he 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 cares tremendously tremendously about about the guys that he represents, and you know, he he's. I mean, he's in great shape. Also, he gets <laughs> he gets out there and runs, man. <laughs> you know, he he ran with us last week and he kept up pretty good, man. Did he really? So, yeah. Really? You'd be surprised. You'd guess guess well, a lot of people are saying that you're going to have a big adjustment uh, this fall because of the fact that, that you did spend 622 days, uh, Not forget about not even going through football activities. I mean, you're describing 17 hours of just being by yourself in solitary and non-contact rooms and things of that nature that here you are. How old are you now? You're 33. 33. And uh, now here you are. You're going to go back in the NFL yeah. and that you're going to have some... Adjustments. What do you say to that? Uh, I don't look at it as an. I don't look at it as an adjustment. You know, for the time that I was in there, you know, I worked out four days a week. You know, I was I was you know busting it and to stay in great shape, and to be away from the game for two years, and you know how I felt physically. All I did was just give me a chance to really heal up. And um, uh, you talking about a, a guy and myself that, um, you know, I stepped on the field twenty times. Back in 07, 08, and led a you know team organization to a championship. 
and you know i wasn't i wasn't even practicing mm-hmm. and i was going out and you know doing my thing and dominating on sunday so i just look at it you know what now i'm healthy um it's, it's pain free for me to get out and run and make these moves and cut and and you know the longer this the whole this whole cba you know is out you know it just gives me a a level playing field with the rest of the free agents, mm-hmm. and you know, we got a good, we got a great group out there down in South Florida, quarterbacks and defensive backs, and we're out there running drills, we're running one on ones, and these are the guys that I'm going to be playing against. And for myself, physically running and catching, uh, I'm right there where I want to be. Have you, as Drew, heard from anybody? I know you're not supposed to, but uh, well, I mean, he, he he hasn't told me. Right, well, he hasn't told me. Okay, and, but people, you know, you came out wearing a Phillies hat. I know that was hey, that baseball. I'm a okay. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Rollins. That, so that was that what that was. Cause a lot of people are thinking you're you're like I mean, saying it, hello it, to everyone in Philadelphia yeah, when you're making hey, your reimbursement. Hello, hello, everybody in Philadelphia. How's Philadelphia doing today? <laughs> hello, Philly. What's up? Yeah, I mean, you'd like that. Hey, uh, I'm a big fan of Ryan Howard. No, I'm not saying. For, I'm, listen, Cliff Lee. We can go down the whole Cliff Lee. We can go down the whole pitching staff right now. I mean, we can do that. But I mean, Michael Vick, who clearly you have right. spoken to, Tony Dungy's been a mentor to you in the same manner in which Vick did. Right, right. A lot of people are putting two and two together. This is a fit that you'd love to, shall we say, stick well, it to a certain team well, that's up well, the did, turnpike. Well, this, they play twice a year. I mean, the the, the best way to to uh, to answer that question is whole Philly thing and to. Just to put it as far as I can possibly go, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a rare situation, and um, you know, as far as football being in the NFL and being a free agent, it's not like baseball or basketball where you, where you can just basically say, you know, I want out halfway through the year. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to go play. Mm-hmm. But to be able to go to to Philadelphia uh, to be in an offense where they're already out of their mind, explosive. It's just a rare situation, and uh, you know I, I look at it and I put I, I look at it from the outside. Me being a part of the piece of that puzzle, and uh, the closest thing that I can say is like you know they're like it'd be like the St. Louis Rams, You've got the greatest show on turf. Yeah, well, and speaking of the Rams, I mean your name has been associated with that. Steve Spagnolo obviously was a defensive coordinator on your championship team with the Giants, and they are in desperate need of a playmaker. The Bears need somebody to stretch the field, make some plays, certainly within the red zone, which you're shown your expertise at. But a lot of people have said you know, we talked about everything during the lockout. I mean, we had a lot of time on our hands uh, during the lockout. We were talking about how you may need to go to a situation where you are not right off the bat considered the number one option to have everything put on your shoulders to make a difference because of what you've gone through. And you need a better transition to the game. You need a, a more relaxed, chill transition to the game where you can just be part of a puzzle, not the one guy that everybody's pointing to saying you are the man. What do you say to that? Man, when I step out on the football field and everybody sees the great shape that I'm in and and I'm looking physically, everybody's mouth is going to drop. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I like you leaving it at that. That's a good one. Uh, last couple questions for you. Uh, you. You've mentioned the Jets as a potential suitor. I know you have mentioned that. Uh, I, 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 when I heard that, I'm like, you'd go, you'd really go back to New York City after what happened to you there? And the experience that you had in that city. I mean, I grew up there. I love the city, but I'm, I don't mean to denigrate it. But you had a, shall we say, scarring experience in that city. Would you really do how, that? How many players have won a championship that has played with the Giants and the Jets? How many players have done that? 
off the top of my head, I, I, I don't know who won, the, who was from a, a former Giant on the 1968 Jet team. So well, it was 86 Giants. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Has anybody done it yet? No, I'm just saying that the Jets have only won one. So I don't know how many right. ex-Giants were on that team back in 1968. Right, I right. see. Okay. So, uh, hey, you never know. Like I say, they're right there on the cusp of, mm-hmm. you know, being a Super Bowl contender. They definitely have everything in play. Mm-hmm. They're a great, great team on defense. One of the best I've seen in the past few years, and everybody knows about Rex Ryan. And uh, Mark, Mark Sanchez is, is is getting better. He's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. He's becoming a leader on that football team. And, uh, you know, I really don't know the situation with San Antonio and Braylon. How, how, how is that, you know, going to work out? But that would definitely be, uh, you know, uh, a reason why I would go to be able to play with a guy like San Antonio or Braylon if I had the opportunity to play for Rex Ryan. We live in a cynical world, as you obviously know firsthand. So a lot of people, certainly in this stage of, day and age of political correctness, see how you have emerged from your 622 days again in prison. And now somebody who has been associated with making a foolish decision in a firearm is working with the Brady Center, which, right. as we all know, works to reform the gun industry uh, by enacting regulations to reduce gun violence and also with the National Urban League. A lot of people might think that you're just picking and choosing certain organizations to uh, enhance your image coming out. How do you respond to something like that? Plexiglas? I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what you do in life or how good you how good you are. You're always going to be, it's always going to be something. Like, you're never going to be good enough. And, and I would say to those people that, you know, this relationship has been in play, you know, uh, now for maybe... 18, 19 months. Is that right? Yeah. So while you were while you were in prison, you were. Yeah. You I were mean, this this didn't just start when I just came out. Okay. Um, I was talking to Palm Helmke, you know, on conference calls back in Jan back in January of two thousand. Who is he for those who may not know? Paul Helmke is a, is the director of the Brady campaign based out of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And you talking about you know January two thousand and ten, uh, for for being being in you know four months. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I said to myself, I, I told my lawyer Peter Franco, I said, "Hey, I want to get with these people and work with the you know the number one group, uh, gun organization in the world." And this happened to be the Brady campaign, and I was the one that reached out to those guys. And um, I said to myself, you know, you know, if, if I can just prevent you know, anything from happening to remotely in my case or or saving a life, man, it's, it's well worth it because nobody wants to go. Uh, 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 go or be where I or where I was at or where I was headed. It was just a terrible situation, and if I, you can just stop or save a life, man, it's, it's worth it. Plexico Bars, you're you're a good man for coming on this podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for Appreciate doing that. It. And I guess thanks years later for being the guy to tell me my shorts were on backwards. Now that <laughs> now that you reminded me of this, I cannot imagine how many other guys may have seen it and didn't say anything. At least you hey, hey, man. you said something. You right. had my back. Literally had my back. So literally. Literally has your back. You know, some I'm pretty sure some of those other guys seen it. They just let you walk let around. Walk just around. look foolish all morning. That's crazy. <laughs> it is wrong. That's that crazy. is wrong. Plexico, good luck right, to you, thanks, man. man. Good luck to you, and I look forward to chatting with you when you're when you're with your new team. I appreciate Plexico it. Burris on the Rich Eisen podcast. My next guest, we can talk military and movies with. It's a very rare mixture that a guest can possibly bring to the table. But uh, Jim Morris, senior, you're you're. You're a unique individual, Jim. You know that already, don't you? Well, we're all unique, Rich, but uh, hmm. 
You're yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> You're right. The winningest head coach of the New Orleans Saints rejoins the Rich Eisen podcast, an expert in films. We'll get to that in a moment. Not many people may know that about you, Jim. But first, I want to get to the trip that uh, you and your son, along with Ken Wisenhunt of the Arizona Cardinals and Gary Kubiak of the Houston Texans, just took over to the Persian Gulf, uh, and you visited with some troops. I'd love to get your thoughts on what you experienced overseas. It was an awesome trip, Rich. We, we spent a day and a half in Kuwait, and then we spent three full days and nights in Iraq. We started out in northern Iraq for a day and a night, visited troops at a base there, went down to Baghdad, spent a day in the Green Zone, or what they, they is really called the International Zone, mm-hmm. visited troops there, and then flew down to uh, Basra, which is south Southern Iraq, part of sure. yeah, mm-hmm. and spent a day there, visited troops. Uh, awesome experience. But I got to tell you what the most asked question was. Is there going to be football? Is there going to be football? Because football means amazing? so much to those guys over there. I mean, that's all they wanted to know. Stop the lockout, they yell. Is there going to be football? Bring us football. It was amazing. But it was a great trip and a very interesting, educational, fun trip. Had a good time. Well, educate me then and educate all the listeners and viewers of this, Jim, because a lot of people think that that conflict is over with a it's capital not. O. What, what did you see? What did you experience? And, and uh, try and explain to some folks what, what the state of, of, of Iraq is right now and certainly in relation to our troops that are over there. Well, first of all, the troops have a great positive attitude. The morale is high. Maybe the the most negative thing I ever heard, and it was kind of done in a in a funny comment. The guys, a couple of guys, say, "Well, welcome to another day in paradise," you know. But that that was a funny deal. But every everybody's upbeat. Obviously, they're they're, they're pulling out troops over there. There's not as many troops there now as there used to be. Uh, the ones that are there now are looking forward to going home. But I don't think. And this is according to a general that I talked to. He says, we're always going to have somebody here. And I think it's going to be mostly special forces, special operations people. I could tell you, we spent a night with the SEALs, and I probably can't say publicly what they told us, but it was an amazing experience. And it's still a combat zone, and there's still people, rockets being shot into bases from the bad guys, and the good guys going out and hunting down the bad guys. So it's not over with yet, although we are pulling out. It's coming kind of from the north of Iraq down through the south, but there's always going to be some armed forces from the United States over there. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Now, you're a Marine, right, Jim? I was. Yeah, I'm a Marine, former Marine. You never were a Marine. You're always a former Marine. I was in the uh. Marine Corps. Active duty, 1957 to 1960. I was a, a Marine officer. Where were you? Well, there, we, there was no conflicts going on when I was in. It was after college. I was stationed a year in Quantico and two years in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. It was between Korea and the Vietnam War. But I'm proud of the fact that I was a Marine. I finally ran into some Marines in, in Iraq the last day we were there in southern Iraq. They were down there training some Iraqi Marines at a base that we visited but most of the Marines now, or a great majority of the Marines, have, have left Iraq and are in Afghanistan. For those who are watching this podcast, whether it's on NFL Network or on NFL.com, uh, we've been seeing some photographs that uh, you were kind to uh, forward us uh, from your trip. What We're seeing you appears inside a plane. What What is that? That's Jim? a C-130. It's a cargo plane that we flew we had four flights on it. It's it's a cargo plane. They transport troops around and they transport uh, equipment around. 
it's it's they fly all over the place. Uh, one of the one of the flights we took, the the crew was stationed in Japan, but had deployed been deployed over there for for four months. But we flew from Kuwait to northern Iraq in one. Then we flew from northern Iraq to Baghdad in another flight, Baghdad to Basra in another flight, and then Basra back to Kuwait over the course of the five or six days that we were there. But it's uh, and it was fun because you got to, they they let you stand up there next to the. Uh, crew, you know, the cockpit crew during takeoffs and landings and mm-hmm. talk to them. And that was very exciting. And uh, it, it appears you went to Saddam's palace. We went well. to, well, he's got a number of palaces yes, over there, Rich. Yes, he we, does. I guess the main one. We didn't go there. to the main one, but one right. of them right in the international zone has been bombed out. And it used to be used for our military offices and stuff, which we no longer have there. We spent one night in one of his palaces. I think it was the one that he built as a hunting lodge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we spent one night there because they've, they've turned it into kind of a hotel for, for dignitaries and military people that visit over there. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing with a golf club in your hand? What's up with that, Jim? Well, <laughs> at this one palace where we stayed out on the deck, they have a little patch of, of AstroTurf and a bunch <laughs> of golf clubs right there. And the guys that work there, the military people that work there, I guess they go out there and they hit golf balls into the lake because there's a huge man-made lake that Saddam Hussein made when he made the palace. And you can see another palace across the lake. And uh, so Jimmy, my son Jimmy, and I went out there one morning and, and uh, hit a few golf balls. Did you donate a few titleists to the cause, are you saying? <laughs> yeah, but they were, they were kind of... Yeah, most of them made it into the lake. None of them made it over the lake, that's for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, so no, it was, no, it's a big lake, Rich. Oh, okay. But yeah. you're, you're a big hitter, though, Jim. I've <laughs> no, seen I'm you not. on the golf course. No, I'm not. I've seen you. The one year I was at your son's tournament in Atlanta, you won it. You and your group won your son's right. golf I tournament. Guess, that's right, we did. I did you forget that? that? You forgot, I forgot about that, yeah. Come on, it's a but championship. Anyway, it no one can trip. ever take that away from you, Jim. No one can ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it just seems to me uh, a great bonding experience, not only for, for the coaches together, Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. also for, I mean, your your son was on this trip, and mm-hmm. I, I was wondering what what that's like being there with your son when obviously everyone you're seeing is just pretty much every everybody being separated from their families. I'm wondering what that dynamic was like well, for it was you. A gra- it was a great time because you know Jimmy lives in Seattle. I live I live down here in Palm Desert in, in Southern California, and we get to see each other occasionally. We talk a lot on the phone, but this was a chance for us to fly together, sit together, long flights. Uh, uh, ride in buses, ride in planes, ride in helicopters together, you know, experience those kind of things, uh, visit the troops together. Uh, we were together all the time other than when we were sleeping. And, and I had never met Ken Wisenhunt or Gary Kubiak, and we got to spend, you know, the four of us spent a lot of time together. So, you know, it was just overall a great experience. Not to divulge uh, any private conversations you had with the coaches, but as a coach, what do you think head coaches are going through right now in the NFL? Because, I, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely at my wit's end wondering when this lockout is going to end, Jim, and spending this whole time period wondering when this lockout was going to end. Uh, what do you think those coaches are going through or your, well, your profession in general? Well, having spent all that time with Gary and Ken, their concerns are what a hassle and a crazy time it's going to be once this thing is settled and they have to and they have to go out and sign free agents, sign draft picks, get them ready for training camp, get them ready for the season all in a very very short period of time and they just can't even imagine what it's going to be like. They say it's going to be a, just a crazy crazy time. That's their concern right now. They all think or they both think that this thing's going to be settled and that there will be a season, but the the, the but the, the the things they have to go through to get all of those things that I just mentioned accomplished prior to training camp, prior to the season, 
it's going to be tough. They also made the comment that they could, they think it's going to be tough for some of these young free agent guys to make the team because they're going to have a short period of time in training camp, not like normally where they have you know the, the mini camps and, and OTAs and things like that to get them ready for. And since you spent a lot of time, as you said, pretty much every every waking moment you guys spent with one another, at any point did you look down at Ken Wisenhunt's things and maybe see a, a book poking out, a Kevin Cobb dossier or anything like that, like play, <laughs> plays for Kevin what. Cobb, anything like that? In looking, and I, I'm not going to – I don't think it's my – place to, yes. to but he, he there's four quarterbacks he says they have to have a quarterback and there's four of them that they could you know possibly get oh, in free agency that they're looking at now you can go ahead and guess who they are but there's four of them well, okay? I, just, I, I i think i just well, well one of them is definitely not matt leinert we could just go that way through process of elimination he, he right? did not mention matt leinert because <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to put you on the spot but you are giving me information though you're giving you're you're dispensing information right now which i like well i mean it's nothing i don't think that anybody would think i know is, secret or anything no but you gave me a number four four yeah he said four he said they're looking and he told i mean he sat there in the and he wasn't like yeah, don't tell anybody this sure. you know i mean he was explaining it to everybody i mean there was eight of us in our party and some right. other people that were with us but he said yeah there's four and he mentioned the four names okay. and uh, he you said could, they got to have one of those guys well i mean did didn't kevin cobb wear the number four for the I'm, Philadelphia Eagles? I don't know. Maybe, not, ma- maybe, you, over, maybe you overheard instead of saying we have four guys. No. It's like the guy who wears number four for Philadelphia. I might be wrong. I think he wears number four. He mentioned four names. That's oh, all I'm saying. All right. Very good. Now let's make the uh, the unique transition here to movies. Okay. And since you've appeared on our podcast before, uh, on this podcast before, to talk film. But for those who are just new to either the podcast or you on the podcast. You spent many a day as a youngster growing up here in Southern California on movie lots, correct? Well, my dad uh, my dad worked for 20th Century Fox for a long time. He was an assistant film editor, mm-hmm. worked for a gal by the name of Barbara McLean, who actually won an Oscar for film editing for the movie Wilson, a movie about the former president, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he left... Fox, and he was the supervising film editor for the Art Link Letter People Are Funny television show the whole time it was on. So I was around that environment. We lived right down the street from 20th Century Fox Studio in West L.A., you know, mile, sure. mile and a half. On Pico, right? And I worked on Pico, right off of Pico, just two blocks east of Westwood Boulevard, about mm-hmm. a half block up from Pico. Sure. Uh, I worked one summer for 20th Century Fox as a gripper setting up uh, all the electrical lamps and stuff for the scenes they were going to shoot in the stages, indoor stages. And then part of that time I was actually up on a catwalk operating some of the lamps for a couple movies they shot. That's great. And by the way, that's a bad attribute for a head coach is to be called a gripper, right? Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Probably so, yeah. You don't want to be a head coach. You don't want to be, a, hey, I'm a gripper. Or I spent, well, I, you know, but, that's what I was. But, but you were in yeah. film. Totally different story. Totally. Totally different story. Okay. So you um, you and your, your lovely wife, Connie, yep. go to the film, go to the cinema all the time, right? I love movies, and I go a lot. Connie likes them. She probably doesn't like them as much as I do, but mm-hmm. I drag her along, and uh I just like movies. I, I don't know why, but I always have. And uh, maybe it's because of my association with sure. my dad and all that. But uh, I like movies. Do you have a go-to snack you have to have all the time in the popcorn, theater? Popcorn. Popcorn and a Diet Coke. I can't, you can't go to a movie and not have popcorn and a Diet Coke. Well, do you, do you fall for that whole upgrade for a quarter more 
spiel that they always sometimes, give you? Sometimes, sometimes, not very often. Not very often. Because, I mean, do you butter? Do you go with the butter? No butter. Okay. No butter. Can't do that. No butter. You, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how many more calories that would do. I know. But no the, butter. But the, you, have to, you have to be careful with the size of, of soda you order, though, because if you go too big, uh, you might, you know, you might have to get Carson Palmer and his brother's uh, app. You know, they've got an app. They've got uh, a program for the phone that basically tells you what you're missing if you have to go to the bathroom during a movie. Do you no know that? No kidding. I didn't know that. Well, I, I, if I have to go, I just suck. I, I suck it up and don't go. <laughs> well, that's, don't a, want, that's a Marine talking. I don't want to miss any. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to, if if you don't mind, I, I would love for you to be the official movie reviewer of the Rich Eisen podcast. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Mike Del Tufo, our sound man, do you have music? Sarah does, and she's playing it right now. Sarah Young. Very. This is the music. Uh, as we're going to the movies with Jim Mora. And we also, we need, we need, uh, we need a, uh, I guess, a rating system, Jim. Yeah, give it to me. How about this? Here's the, here's the rating system we came up with. If we can just lower the music a little bit before we get to the rating system. Yeah, Thanks good. so much. Yeah. Okay. So I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> here's the rating system. Uh, instead of stars, you know how the, the number of stars, right. the higher the number of stars, the better the movie is. I want to have, how about this, diddly poos? Oh, shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> That's Sorry. okay. We'll Sorry. leave it out. No, no, no. Here's yeah. the deal. But it, it, if you don't like the movie, the more diddly poos. Are you serious? Yeah, why not? Don't you want to do that or no? I'm not proud of that press conference. You know? <laughs> but it's it, but you, you do, do realize for you. I'll do anything okay. for you. So if you don't like the movie, it's four diddly poos. But if you love the movie, it's zero diddly poos. Oh, if I love it, it's zero. If right. I don't like it, it's four. And anything in between. Anything mean? in between. If you if you sort of if you if you liked it but didn't love it, it's one diddly poo. And if it's if it's something you yeah you could you could do without, but you could handle it, it's two. Three is not so good. Four, you can't see it. Don't see it. You're recommending people do not see it when it's four deadly poos. Can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but all the all the ones I, I don't know if any of these would come into the four deadly okay. poos. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay, okay. then. So let's start. So, so if I don't want if I don't want any deadly poos, should I just say no deadly poos. That's right. That's right. They say no deadly poos. Go see it. Highly recommended. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with horrible bosses. Uh, starring Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis, who was on this podcast recently, and uh, Bateman's going to be on in early August, and Charlie Day, Jennifer Aniston. Can we have the music back, please? Can we have the music back, please? Let's get some music for the movie reviewing. Let's Star Wars. What are we doing? <laughs> what is this? I mean, I'm not talking to to Luke Skywalker here. I'm talking to Jim Moore Sr. All right, here we go. Horrible bosses. What do you think of it? One poo. <laughs> so you liked it. Yeah, I liked it. But you didn't love it. Didn't love it. What do you think about it? I found it That's funny. funny. I saw it last night. It's funnier than heck. Okay. But, you know, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I want diddly food. That's not bad. No, no, but it's, you know, I, I really liked it. I mean, I did too. I, I, I found could... it funny. Um, I found everybody likable. I found I, 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 Jennifer Aniston, I thought was fantastic Ooh. to look at. And yeah, she was she great was. As, as always. Yep. But, I'll give it a half a diddly poo if you want. Okay. Oh, no, I don't want to. St- I don't no, want to strong like, I'm going to give it one diddly poo. I'm going to stay with it. Okay, stay with it. So you I liked, liked it. you liked you liked it, and uh, what did what did you like about it? Let's start with that. I thought all six of the characters were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the three guys, and then Kevin Spacey. You mentioned Jennifer Aniston and uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell. I thought those six people were outstanding. I thought it was funny. 
uh, I just liked it. I mean, I like to go to a movie and sit there, and, uh, that kind of movie, and laugh out loud and enjoy it and just sit back and, and enjoy the movie. And that's what I did about that movie. In uh, fact, I'd, I'd almost go see it again. Really? Yeah. So then you've got to give it half a diddly poo. Okay, I'll then. give it half. All right. Half a diddly poo for Horrible Bosses from uh, Jim Mora. Uh, let's move on to Hangover 2. I know you're a huge fan of The Hangover. You saw The Hangover more than once, didn't you? I saw it twice. Mm. What did you think of Hangover 2? Three. Three diddly poos. Yep. So you it, didn't. You did I, not I, like well, it. I didn't like it very much. I sat there. You know, I didn't fall asleep, and I, it kept my attention. But I didn't laugh. I didn't let loose and have, enjoy myself. I, I thought it was. I thought it was just okay. You know, I'm going to give it three diddly poos. I didn't see it. I heard it was pretty much the carbon copy version of Hangover One. That it was yeah, the same. The same movie. old people. You know. The boxer and uh, the people and the. You mean uh, you mean Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson. And okay. The monkey and I don't know. There wasn't. There wasn't a monkey in the first one, was there? there no, was a monkey. no. There, there was, was. There was all sorts of animals in the yeah, first one. Yeah, but anyway, one. yeah. I, you know, I I didn't think it was that good. You know, I was I was since I liked the first one so much, I was hoping that this would be just as good, and and it was just okay as far as I was concerned. So I'm gonna give it three diddly poos. Okay. Um, let's move on to another comedy, Bridesmaids. That's been out for a while. It was a gang uh, gangbusters when it first came out. It's still in theaters right now. What'd you think of Bridesmaids? I really like Bridesmaids. I'm gonna give it. I'm going to give it no diddly poos. Whoa! So that's the funniest movie you've seen this summer, in other words. Yeah, that and Horrible Bosses were, were pretty much the same. Uh, I, I could compare. I'd probably give it about a half half a diddly poo. Same as Horrible Bosses. I okay. liked them really a lot, the both. I laughed. Cr- cr- I'll tell you what. I'm going to give it no diddly poos. There you go. Made. Okay, yeah. so that's the number Because I saw uh, Bad Teacher. Did you see Bad Teacher? No. It was the number one comedy for two straight weeks, and I must say... I have no idea why. I walked out on it. I hate walking out on movies because, you know, I've got two young kids. Yeah. When you get the babysitter at home, you got to, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't cut the night short. That's right. So it's got to be bad. And yeah, I I could not believe, I, I hardly, I hardly, I hardly cracked a smile. I'll be darned. I won't go see it then. Yeah. I would give that four diddly poos. Okay. As in like, you just uh, stay away. Okay. Uh, and I hate to I hate to carp on that because I'd love to get Cameron Diaz on the show, but I, yeah. I might have just shot I might have <laughs> shot myself on the foot on that one. Okay, so bridesmaids, according to you, Jim Mora, the official movie reviewer of the Rich Eisen podcast, funniest movie you've seen this summer? Yeah, I think along so. with horrible bosses. I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let's move into let's move into the dramas because again, you have you have range. Um, Super Eight. What'd you think of Super Eight? Two diddly poos. So the right... I know that's going to surprise you a little bit, but I'm going to give it two. Why? Because I'm not into monster movies. You know, I like a little bit more realism in a movie. And, uh, you know, the kids were great, and it was entertaining and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't fire me up like I hoped it would or I thought it was going to. So you didn't like the science? What do you think of science? Are you against science fiction? No, or... not necessarily, but it's, they're not my favorite. They're not my favorite. Mm-hmm. The train scene where the train crashed—that yeah. was one of the most incredible scenes I've seen in, in years. That was—that was great. That was great. I'll go along with that. Okay. But uh, we're rating the whole movie here. Okay. Okay. So two. So two. You're going to rate that right down the middle. Yep. Two diddly poos. Yep. Um, you saw Water for Elephants, apparently. What? What? What's that film about? Water did for Elephants. Did you not elephants? see that? I did not. I, oh, I must say, I missed the water and the elephants. I missed. Well, I missed it all. It's a it's a bestseller mo- a book that I that I uh, read probably a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I give that no diddly poos. That's a winner. 
That's a def- definite winner. Reese Witherspoon is in that? Reese Witherspoon and the guy that's in the uh, in the uh, uh, vampire stuff. I can't remember his Robert name. Robert Pattinson. Oh, that, so, that, yeah. Did and you they, see Twilight? Did you ever see Twilight? No, never did. So twi- oh, yeah, you're, yeah, Twilight's not up your alley. In no, words. no. Okay. But I, I, really, I, I really like the book, and I really like the movie. I thought it was outstanding. So you would highly recommend Water for Elephants. Yep. Um... Midnight in Paris, the new Woody Allen film. What do you rate that? No dilly poos. Zero dilly poos. Outstanding movie. Jim Mora, I'm locked up with you. To yeah. me, that's the best movie I've seen this summer. It might have, might be. It, it's that that and probably Water for Elephants is the two best I've seen of all these. I, I mean, Midnight in Paris yeah. is is I think Woody Allen's best movie in years, and I think that should be nominated for an Oscar for best I picture. Was, I thought it was. Just How great, great was Owen Wilson in that movie? I know, and you know he's not. I don't know necessarily known for his acting abilities, usually in comedies and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, I thought he was he was perfect for that. that he was role because you yeah. know because you know ever since Woody Allen began to uh, advance in years, he stopped playing himself in films, right? And he started handing off, I guess, his character, if you will, the character that he writes in his own voice to other actors. And some of them try to flat out imitate Woody Allen or do a poor. Uh, chance to do a poor version of it i thought owen wilson was the best ever at being the woody allen character in any woody allen film i thought he was that good yeah i do too i agree with you i thought it was great you we had talked before i saw it and you told me how much you liked it it. and when i went i i really liked it connie liked it it was a great movie okay so it was the whole the whole moore family loved it we did you bet okay and i've recommended it to a lot of people so which is your favorite so so midnight paris Water for Elephants, Zero Diddly Poos, go right. see it. Must see. Right. Uh, horrible Bosses, Bridesmaids, you 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 you, you, you went back and half. forth. I gave half, half. Half I gave a Diddly Poo. Yeah. Uh, Hangover 2, you went three. Yep. Super 8, you went two. Yep. And uh, is there any that you any movie that you saw for Diddly Poos, stay away, like I, like I was with Bad Teacher? And no. It, no. Really? No. All right. But I've seen some other de- that I liked. What What else? The Beaver. You know, that didn't get very good reviews, and it, you know, with Mel Gibson. Yeah. Man, I sat down and it just thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You don't Came have out a- of there with a good feeling, mm-hmm. the whole deal. You don't, do, do you have an issue with, with some uh, actors' personal lives? No. And, and, and you refuse to see their films because of it, or? Absolutely not. So you no. just—it's sort of like when you're in a step between the white lines. It's all about the 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 entertainment. That's it. It's all about getting the job done, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> I tell you, Lincoln Lawyer was a good movie okay. with Matt McConaughey. I tell you, a real good movie was Soul Surfer. It was a movie about the gal that had her arm bitten off by the shark. You know. Yeah, we had uh, you had Dennis Quaid on the podcast. Dennis Quaid. Oh yeah, he he, he was, was good, and he played her dad. Yeah. Okay, so those yeah. are all. So then, let me let me just flip the script a little bit on you here to wrap things up. What films are you hearing about that you're that's on your two C list that you're excited to see? You know, um, I had the uh, Bardia. Yeah, our, <laughs> our he, friend Bardia, he, he our te- producer. He texted me when I was over in Iraq. Yeah, he said he saw a great movie, the the Perfect Life. Mm-hmm. Is that a better life? A, a better, better life. life. Yep. He said, "Go see it." Now I, I don't know what even know what it's about, but but I'll probably go see that based on Bardi's recommendation. Okay. I, I don't want to see that one with uh, with uh, oh, I can't even, I can't think. Uh, God, which one? Well, it's God. I can't. 
can't think of Angelina's. What's her husband? Uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. The one he's in. Uh, what is it? It's, it's a weird one. It's uh, the Tree of Life. You're talking. Tree of Life. I, I, I've seen the previews of that. That doesn't fire me up too much. Jim, that won the Palme d'Or. At I don't care. Film I, maybe Festival. maybe I would like it, but I, after seeing the previews and stuff, I don't know. It just it wasn't one that said, "Oh man, I got to go see that yeah, one." Yeah, but I mean, that's the Palme d'Or winner. I mean, that's the <laughs> the French and and the whole cinema elite loved yeah. it. Well. Did okay. you see it? Ah, uh, no, I didn't see it. Are you going to go see it? Uh, no, I have no plans to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm like... not the official movie review of this <laughs> podcast. I, I'm relying on you to give me a, a yay or an a, Jim. You know what well, I'm saying? There's, I've seen some previews now. The last couple times I've been in the movies of some interesting movies that are coming out. I can't think of their titles right now on okay. hand, but so I, think there's, I think there's some good ones coming out. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, Barty had told me a story once that you and he went to a film... Uh, you, you know where I'm going with this one, right? You know where I'm going with this yeah, one? Yeah, I know where you're going with it. <laughs> you bought a movie ticket. You saw the film. Barty was getting ready to head to the parking lot. You're at the multiplex, and you you go ahead and say, hey, how about let's sneak in this other theater? And even though you hadn't paid for the ticket for it. Is that a true story, Jim? No, here's, no he, he embellished it a little bit. Is that right? Here is the story. We bought tickets to one movie. Yes. But we wanted to see one that was sold out. Mm-hmm. So we took our tickets. We got into the theater, into the complex, and walked in to the movie that was supposed to be sold out oh. that we wanted to see. That's what we did. So you took seats that good yes. ticket-buying holders were, were expecting. You took their seats. Like, you, you bought two tickets to Transformers 2 that you had no desire to see because I know what type of movies you like. And then you went and you, you you took seats. Is that what you did? Yeah, but you know what? Before the movie started, I looked around and there was a few seats still vacant, <laughs> so, I, so I didn't feel so bad. Okay, so you could put your pillow on on the on your head on the pillow and feel fine. That's right. Because you know that you know you don't want to tempt the movie karma. That's right. Gods, you know That's you don't want to do that, Jim. I didn't see two movies in one night. Bart, see, Barty, people embellish stories, you know. That's how it goes. So, but that's why I went straight to you with the information. Right. Okay. You got it. Well, listen, Jim, you are the man. Thanks so much. I would love to, every few weeks, have you back on to let listeners and viewers of this podcast know what they should see and what not and, and get that diddly-poo rating system <laughs> in, in the mindset of every movie-going American. Well, I wouldn't do diddly puta for many people, but I'll do it for you, Rich. Thank you, Jim Moore. You're the best. All You're right, the best. thanks. Say hi to Connie for me. I will. Bye. You bet. That's Jim Moore, military man, Marine, movie reviewer on the Rich Eisen podcast. When I left ESPN back in uh, 2003, uh, PTI was just coming up, uh, Around the Horn was starting, and they were in constant search of another show to succeed outside of Sports Center. And they finally have another one called Sports Nation. And the reason why that show is so popular uh, is because of my next guest. That's a true story. I know Colin <laughs> Coward might be pissed with me saying that, but it is an absolute true story. I'm pleased to welcome to the Rich Eisen podcast from Sports Nation, Michelle Beadle. Good Thank to see you. you. Thank you for having Good me. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. We have to shake hands. Oh, you want to pound it up? Yeah, I was going to pound and high five. And... We could pound. But do you do you let it fly when you pound? I, I mean, well, I'm you... always behind the uh, the count. You're behind the curve. Yeah. So somebody will do that, and I go, Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that's if 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 I'm ahead of the curve and you're behind my curve, that's bad. I'm oh, just I, letting you know that right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not claiming to be awesome at this. <laughs> it gets pretty bad. <laughs> Is that why the ESPN book described you as humble yet? 
fearless. Oh, is, that, is, that, is that what I, I, I read that in the in the caption? I'm really humble not humble. Fearless. I'm actually very obnoxious, <laughs> and I think I'm awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. They had to describe me somehow, I suppose. I don't even know why I was mentioned in that book. I've been there ten minutes. Yeah, it's well, uh, well, again, I think it's again the popularity of the show, Sports Nation. You do stuff on ABC as well. Oh yeah, correct. Yep. I mean, uh, with Marcellus. With Marcellus Wiley. He's awesome. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff with NFL Network too. Before. You know what though? He's uh ruptures his Achilles, and now he's not working, which I also kind of think is weak but he does radio yeah exactly. how do you not do radio exactly. with a ruptured achilles what's just up crutches, with that dude i don't know i i thought i'd see him while we were out here i never saw him once he wasn't even at the espies never saw him he didn't well you know no he's parties. banged up you know he's banged up if he was not at the yeah ESPYs. because he loves to get dressed up and be the guy well i mean it's it's unbelievable what the espies have turned into um you know because when i was there it was it was exciting uh but to be very honest, they needed to twist the arms of a lot of top flight athletes to be there. Oh, okay. And, and now it's just. It seems like it's, um, people I mean, want to no, be there. Everyone work. Everyone behind the scenes in the ESPYs works hard. We all know more man. She yeah. she she kills herself basically all year long just right. for this one. I know for yeah. that one night. But um, now I mean it's just everybody's everybody's there. It's fun. It's, it's fun to see them all get dressed up and you know. Not in uniform. I, I don't know if you saw. For me, the visuals: Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson. and Serena Williams from last night. Well, Brian Wilson had a spandex he tuxedo. Correct? Yes. Yep. Did uh, you know that he was wearing a spandex um, tuxedo? I, I, were you given a my, heads up? No. My first glimpse was as he was walking to where we were set up to do our interview, and I turned around. And I was like, "Fair enough." That, that, <laughs> fair is, and, that fair. is a fantastic. By the way, outfit. that's a perfect reaction. Fair <laughs> enough. Because who are I you? Knew. Who are you to say exactly. what's right and what's wrong? Who said that's not what you're supposed to? Maybe see, we were all wrong. See, that's humble. That's, <laughs> that's humble. So humble. That's humble. <laughs> see, we're going to prove you guy. are humble yet fearless by the end. Of, but fearless. Brian Wilson, the 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 fearless closer of the San Francisco oh. Giants with that big beard. Uh, and Seth Meyers emptied the entire joke closet on him. I Loved think he, I him. think it was like eight jokes in uh-huh. a row about Brian Wilson. My favorite one was that it's, he, he's, he, he's wearing a, a beard on top of a fake beard. <laughs> but, I, you like. know, when Beneath His Wings at the end, I think they're, I think we watched Besties for him last night. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was a beautiful thing. And then, and then Serena stepped oh, out on stage. I think, I, I think the word that, that came out of my mouth was, was dang. Dang. Well, I dang. can say this. I mean, I, I might be dating myself or Shazam. But. Marshawn Lynch was um, a couple rows over, and when she walked off the stage, he stood up and gave her a standing ovation. ovation by himself. Because there were curves on top of curves. There wasn't oh. a single straight line on Serena Nothing. Williams. And then when you thought it was over, she turned around and walked away, and you're like, it wasn't over yet. There was more. It was so awesome. She, she's not like the rest of us. It's, wow. It's made from something else. Wow. It's great. And, and, it's, and, and clearly she's in she, I mean, she just played Wimbledon for crying yeah. out loud. So, I mean, she's in shape. She's, yeah. That's basically her. I was not doubting that she was, yeah. It was, wow. it was like a power suit sexed up. Yeah. It was pretty good. How about that? Good for her. Did you, uh, it sounds, it sound, if, if I may be so bold, it sounds like you enjoyed the Espies. <laughs> I don't have a voice you've got, today. You've got, you've got like this Deborah Winger, sort of uh, a Kathleen Turner body heat type Oh, see, I'll take Huskiness. That. I'll take, I'm, I actually yeah. hope it lasts like the next few days. I'd like to have this voice over the weekend. It might get me lucky. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you're having problems with that, uh, especially with, you know, uh, the SB parties. Oh, my gosh. Give me give me something good. What do you got? Give well, me something good. I, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot sometimes because I, 
I think that if you eat at a party, you're really just killing the fun of the drink. So I didn't eat. Well, you need a base, if I may be so. If I may say, yeah, say I so. chewed some gum on the way over there. That's your base. That's yeah. I Good think Lord, I start Michelle. There. <laughs> okay. They had an out burger truck set up. So yeah, for me that was uh, that was great. It was it was good. CeeLo was performing somewhere. Um, I I never usually do stuff like that. So for me, it was all it was a first. It's unbelievable. It's bizarre. What this has become. It's I'm telling bizarre. you. I am telling you. It is. Here's the and the Super Bowl party that ESPN throws yeah. in here too. That was fun. I went to that too. That was fun. May I'm going to date myself. Here. Okay, here we go. May I tell you what the very first ESPN oh, no. Super Bowl party was? I'm, I kid oh, you not. No. This is what it was. Okay. It was in New Orleans for the uh, the Patriots and Rams. Okay. So that was the 2000. That's the uh, first one. Yes, that was the first one. Wow. First one. I'm telling you, it took a, it, it's a, it's a process. Like, yeah. It's a process. It's been a very, very long process <laughs> to get ESPN where it is today. So still, this still was working. in 2000. I, I left in 03. So first five, six years, it wasn't a Super Bowl. Because I was asking everybody, why isn't there a Super Bowl? We're having Espies. Yeah. Why not have an Espies at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. It's a no-brainer. People, yeah, and everyone loves ESPN, so the guy, they'll perform. Yes. Like, okay. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, we pay them. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> to have everybody love ESPN? Or, no, no, or, no. Oh, okay. somebody to perform, okay. I, I just suppose. want to make sure. <laughs> um, so at any rate, uh, it's it's it's... The New Orleans uh, Super Bowl for for the Rams and the it's, it's the two thousand um, one season. Okay. Okay. Now it's it's so it's January o two, and the the uh, party is at a bar on Bourbon Street. Okay. That sound right right Good off start. the bat. Good start. Good start. Great start. Yep, on paper. Right. Right on paper. But <laughs> as Kenny Maine would say, you know, parties are not played on paper; they're played inside TV sets. No, but he, so it's on paper. Sounds good. Walk in. Hardly anybody there. Oh, no. And I'm like, what's Was this up? early or was this kind of in the... Yeah, you know what? I like going to parties early. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, because, you know, I like staking out a spot. Me too. And you get to see everyone as they come in. Yes. It's a good vantage point. Right. Yeah, yes. I agree. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So we're lockstep on that. <laughs> uh, here's the issue. The party theme... Oh, there's a theme. Yeah, well, oh, every party needs a theme. Well, yeah, especially when you're an adult. Well, well listen, also, <laughs> if you're ESPN, you know, I mean, I learned how to be overly self-promotional from one person and one entity. The one entity is ESPN. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, promotion is their middle name. Right. Okay. And the one person is Dan Patrick. Dan, okay. And, I mean, he, he, I consider myself self-promotional. I, I think, uh, he, he makes, you know, he's, he's shameless. Yeah. Okay. And so this it, was all before Twitter too. Oh now it's, gosh. Now well, it's Dan easy. would never get on Twitter in a million years. <laughs> he just has people do it for his show. So at any rate, so, uh, there we are in Bourbon street. Here's the theme for the party. It was the first ever ESPN original entertainment movie season on the brink. You remember that? Brian yep, Dennehy yep. played Bob Knight. Yeah. That was the theme. It had nothing to do with football, oh, no. nothing to do with New Orleans, nothing that to do with sucks. anything. They used the Super Bowl to promote the first film and the, 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 the celebrity that you should come see. Think about it. Again, th- keep in your mind's eye the people you saw on Absol- Wednesday night uh, yeah. at the ESPYs. Keep yeah. this in your mind's eye of what the ESPN party that you just attended. Right. The person, celebrity to come see, Denny Crum. The coach of Louisville. No. That was like the, oh, that was the flyer. <laughs> Come check him out. Come hang with Denny Crum. Well, you know nice what? man. It's been a good tenure. I mean, you could talk that. X's and O's till the, part, till the cows know, come home. That I'm was on the Bourbon fir- Street in New Orleans. That was the first and... ESPN Super Bowl oh my party, and they, I was there. They've come along. I will say this, uh, you know, because they're obviously very mm-hmm. conservative and um 
sometimes we forget we all have skin when mm. we show it. And we, the first, I guess, whatever, night before last, right. walk in and they had those sexy, like, uh, ribbon dancers from the ceiling oh. wearing just little, and I thought, well, that's actually kind of oh, Don't stop. Wearing risky. little what? Little, like, don't stop. Just little yeah. uh, panties and okay. such. <laughs> That's where the husky voice Those really the, yeah, I know. kicks it up dudes, a notch. Too. Dudes wearing like nude. No, no, you don't have to. No, it was kind of hot okay. in a weird sort of way. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was you were in Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the party. What, what what happened? Give me something good. Gosh. How late? Give me a how late. I have. Did I you didn't hear? Go to did sleep. you? How late? Did you didn't go to sleep? I haven't gone to sleep yet. Are you kidding me? No. I mean, I started to fall asleep, and then I was like, well, it's technically eight, so. <laughs> Three hours ahead, you're still on East Coast time, you mean? I, yeah, I, I, yeah. No, at eight o'clock this morning. Pacific. Yeah. I hadn't packed either. Awesome, right? No My kidding. parents are going to be embarrassed. No, but, <laughs> but this is, you're, you're living the dream. No, it was fun. It was, you know who I was, um, the Herslick brothers, yeah, Mark, Mark, and I, they became my adopted brothers over this week. That's right. And great He's so kids. psyched. We got to get him a gig. We gotta get that kid a job. Well, the lockout's over. He's gonna get. He's gonna get a call. Such those are two good boys. Like their parents did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Friday Night Lights, big fan, and um, Jason Street, QB One, the original. QB One. I, I literally saw him, and, I, and I'm not really, you know, oh. stalkery, but I was like, QB One. Brought me, his mom. Very let me, cute. Let me tell you, um, I told this story to Kyle Chandler when he was on the podcast a month ago. I didn't care. I just tell these stories to people, and they're just, their answer is like, oh, okay, great. And I embarrass <laughs> myself, but I don't care. When, I, when I like something, like right. Friday Night Lights, which I, I absolutely I love. So uh, I told this story to him. We were, uh, NFL Network was covering the final game at Cowboys Stadium, Ravens-Cowboys, and... Um, and Jerry Jones did it up, and only way Jerry Jones can, he he invited every old cowboy to celebrate oh the closing goodness. of the stadium. It was like the night at the museum; every football player came alive at that's, night. You know, that's it was cool. unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, so all those stars from the past, only one person I saw from the set made me unplug the IFB and the mic in a commercial break and run over and shake his hand. That is so great. And it was uh, Buddy Garrity, the actor oh, who played Buddy. Yeah. Garrity. See, we don't. I Brad don't even want to know. No, I don't want to know his name. Buddy Garrett. I refuse to call his so name. Because you're I from to Texas. You're from yeah, Texas. So you've, you, you, it's you've, per- you've, you've lived that Small scene. town. I, I, right. I grew up in Bernie. So, it, you know, it was 4A when I was there. And Bernie, was Bernie. Bernie, Texas. Where's that? About close to? 25 miles uh, west of San Antonio. It's small. I mean, I, you know, my right. graduating class was, I think, like 112 or something like that. It was uh-huh. a tiny school. But it's a lot bigger now. And it's exactly like that. Whether you like football or not, Friday night, that's where you are. And I loved, I thought the whole thing every week was like watching a film. I don't know why more people didn't catch on to it. Well, it just got nominated for best I saw that. drama. Yeah. And both Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton were nominated for actor and actress. So. Random Connie Britton story. Okay. My person I rent my house from in Connecticut, mm-hmm. their um, their son was married to her like a long, long time ago. Is Ran- that right? Rand- do, do you get any off from the rent for knowing that? Or no, no, as a matter of fact, extra? they're really hard on me. But- <laughs> if I put the rent check in after like noon on the first, Is I get a right? call like, "Where's the rent check?" <laughs> the Britons? Yeah, no, they're she would have been the in laws. Oh, okay. I just yeah. Well, call, who else you want to call out on my podcast, Michelle? Because you can't do it on the Michelle Beetle podcast. Because I, I think the ESPN police would come down on you. Don't talk about your personal life. I talk try. Sports. I, do, I oh, they I know. Come down on you. We're I've listening been getting every a lot word. Of been getting yeah, have you been getting of, notes? You've been getting management notes on the Michelle. By the way, let's promote it. Michelle Beetle podcast. Oh, you can download on iTunes. It's a on that whole really pod center a, of the ESPN. A whole lot of nothing. We just I try oh, to get some Linda cool Cohen. chicks in there. Yeah. The cool ch- I like when we have like not everyone's cool, so the ones that are I like kinda having hangout times with them. So I'm hoping So have you had any 
testosterone on the program yet? Um, or is it just all, is it like the view here or it what? Really, I Can know. You... It's like just hens. We just gossip and talk about, <laughs> I almost said something really inappropriate. But uh, it's okay. I had Michael Smith out. on. You know what? I, it's almost because it's hard. Yeah. If they're not there, it's kind of hard to get them in there. But I'm figuring it out. What are you talking about? Everyone's process. walking around Bristol. Yeah, what are you but it's about? like at five o'clock, and by then they're trying to leave. I feel I actually feel pull. bad bringing them in there. You've got pull. Do you uh, realize no. how much pull you have? Do you have any? Do you have any idea how much pull you have? But, um. Well, see, this is the humble coming like, in here. Let's get the fearless out here. Seriously, you've been on this show uh, for what two years? Two now, years, right? yeah. Just Huge happened. Hit. Well, I don't. It is. It's a crazy. It's just the whole thing's weird. I mean, you know, it. I like it because on Twitter, everyone. Every as soon as you start to think that you know you don't stink, somebody's like you're on the worst show of all time, and then then you're like, oh, you get that on Twitter all the time. I I mean, there's crackpots all the time. But those are the ones I respond to. Why? Because I'm a negative person. Don't do that. I know you could have like a hundred nice things said, and then the one guy you're like, oh, I got you. Speaking of negative people, how do you get along with Colin Cowherd? How do how do we how do you, how do you handle? He's like my Trump. older, much much older, uh, dysfunctional brother. I really he is. It's he worries about you know who I'm dating and how how I am mentally. <laughs> he's like he's just very yeah. He's not what I thought he was going to be. I went into it thinking, oh, this guy's a misogynist and he's arrogant. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was very familiar with the radio show, mm-hmm. and he's just not that way. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's an elitist, and he knows that. But he is an elitist. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's Yeah, I mean, these, these, these rants against the middle of America because they can't understand the high-class problems of A-list athletes, celebrities, and, <laughs> and on-air sports personalities on the radio. He I forgets. Mean, and I give, him, I give him junk all the time because rough. I'm like, Colin, when's the last time you bought a ticket to a game and went and had a beer? Like, you, we forget sometimes what it is on the other side of watching all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to remember. Why the lights are on here. (laughs) Yes, I know. The lights are on here. We forget. For many reasons, because there's some hardworking Americans who want their sports and hopefully listen and watch us based on our personalities and and unique broadcasting talents. Oh, yes. Our awesome You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So, uh, so where, where, how does this show evolve, though? Where, where, how does this, how does this show move forward? I mean, I, I would like to just go on the road more, for one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you may not be shocked by this. You want to get out of I Connecticut? Don't love Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking the show to anywhere. Oh, I'm man. like, that's cool. I'm in. I pack my bags and let's do this. I remember I was always on, oh. as soon as I got there, I, I, I got there in 96, and I was so thrilled to be on SportsCenter. And it was Absolutely. a dream come true. So I don't want this to come across, any, but I just didn't. I just living there. I was 26 years old. Okay, single oh, guy. Okay, and I'm like, I I gotta get I gotta get out. I, yeah. So I because even I kept when you want to go out, you're like, right. where do I go? I kept on pounding on uh, on on everybody in management's door. Hey, let me go out. Let me do this. Let me do that. They finally a year and a half later, mid uh, like. Oh, gosh, not about 14 months later, right in the end of the NBA season, they sent me up to Boston for, oh, to cover. Big road uh, trip. No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took anything I could. They sent me up to Boston. They sent me up, uh, up. Uh, what is it, 94, is it? Uh, I-94? 95. 95, yeah. whatever. The uh, 84, intake. up 84, that's what oh, it is. Oh, okay. And uh, I covered a Celtics and... Um, Sonics game, and this is when wow. the Sonics had were sixty win team. George Carl was coaching them with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, and oh and they the were Eagles. a very talented bunch. But they were surly, 
And I remember I walked into the locker room for the first time after I'd been on SportsCenter for 14 months, popping off saying whatever I wanted to. And I walked in the locker room and Gary Payton looks at me, Carl looks at me, and Sean Kemp looked at me like, who the hell are you? And I thought to myself, holy, I'll say it, a holy shit. <laughs> What have I been saying oh, on the God, air the last 14 months about <laughs> get them? Get very comfortable and you forget, oh, they I know. actually kind of But that's hear the it. whole thing is a lot of sports center anchors need to go on the road because that's, if yeah. they pop off on the set or Sports Nation, for, I mean. I got some junk from Tim Tebow in the I'm lobby sure of the hotel. You did because they all watch. But I was like, sweetheart, I refer to you as America's hero. The mm-hmm. person you're mad at is Colin. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm. I think so you're great. Just what is what is Colin? I mean, see, that's what you, should, you go on the road. So Colin can can yes. hear this stuff. Yeah, but he, you know, he's oblivious. He just kind of walks around in his own world. I, I appeared on last time I appeared on Colin's radio show is like four years ago because I think he stopped. He, I heard we heard he stopped having hosts on outside of the network. really. Yes. So um, or or I, or I might have said something to piss him <laughs> off, like what I'm about to say. I guess. Oh, um, he had like this. I don't know if he does this on the TV show because he can't really tell. But he did this to me when when he's interviewing me. Uh oh. He's like, well, he's like, he's sort of like the eight year old kid in the play that knows everybody's lines. I know where you're going. Okay. I know and where like, you're so going. you're he asks you a question, you answer it, and then he leans in and he starts like he starts like <laughs> mouthing the words, like yes. trying to draw out yes. of what you're. And, and he's it's, like anticipating what you're going to say. And you're like, why are you, why are you mouthing? Right it now? was so disconcerting <laughs> to me. He does do that. So he does that One to you all the time. One of the first things I noticed, yeah. That and that he refuses to order food when you go to restaurants, but then picks off everyone else's plate. What do you mean? It, that's what, like, I remember, does you he, know. When does we he all not get eat? The, Is that what you're saying? He do, he's super healthy. Um, well, good for he, him. He snacks like a crazy person. But, yeah, I remember the first few months we would all try to kind of hang out and get to know each other and go yeah. to dinner and stuff. And he wouldn't order meals. He would just pick off everyone else's. I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? I don't know. I have no idea. So he still does that mouthing the words of what um, you're saying. 100%. Because I, I, I don't know why. It's I like part wanted, of that whole weird. I thought he was going to start scratching me. I know. <laughs> we call him like our savant. Our little weird savant. A little That's weird how, yeah. <laughs> savant. Well, it works. What you're doing, you're doing is clearly working. And oh, what you're doing with, uh, with Linda is working, too, on your She's podcast, great. too. She was the easiest one to crack up, by the way. When yeah. I worked with any of my other sports center anchors. Easy to crack. Whenever I cracked Olbermann up, it was like the greatest thing of all time because he was really tough. Because he would like, when he would break, he would break, right? And then you, Olbermann. Like, I remember a few times watching and he would laugh, but once he started laughing, it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was there. He was there next to uh, Steve Levy for the ultimate Sports Center gaffe when, you know, you heard about that story. uh, It was was Randy Johnson had a bulging disc. (laughs) That's right. And it came out bulging disc. And and um, every time, by the way, I say something like that, I look over to Chris Law, our podcast uh-huh. producer, and he's writing down the notes. Okay, at twenty minutes in, <laughs> I need to bleep that shit. What? Okay, so twenty <laughs> minutes and twenty. Okay, but anyway, so um, he, yeah, he, 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 God, he, because the next on camera was uh, was him. Yeah, they went from him right back to Olbermann, and I'll never forget Olbermann took his glasses off. And he put his he put his fingers in the corners of his eyes, like in his head down, and he waved the camera, the, the production staff back to go back to Steve Levy. He was waving back. So good. It was an instant. What's classic. better than a genuine laugh? You can't get away from. I had a moment like that. With I, I feel if you don't mind, I'm going down memory no, lane with I you like right it. now. So I do this a lot with with current ESPN yeah. people because it brings back great memories. It really does. Um, that uh, I did a show with Stewart, where. Um, <laughs> 
I'm even laughing at this story. It was it was like it was like Q school qualifying. We were showing highlights on sports. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, you know, and and because um, I guess it was on ESPN, and we were showing the highlights. And there was one guy. <laughs> He's like a big dude. He's had to be about 250, 275, wearing oh, no. shorts. Okay? Like at a, at a, at a PGA sort of qualifying event, okay. right? Wearing shorts. Yeah. All right? And he, he had a particularly bad hole. It was like eight, nine shots in, and he finally holes out, and he re- reacts by, and I hadn't seen the highlight yet. It was one of those where they handed me the shot sheet in the middle of the commercial breaks. I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> And he, he he puts out and reacts by picking up the ball and then just flipping the middle finger with both of his hands to to the crowd, to the gallery. Who was that just guy? some dude. I have Why no idea. Have it was just the visual of seeing a big guy in shorts out on the golf course, messing up, and then reacting to finally holding out by flipping the bird to everybody. I just started laughing <laughs> uncontrollably. And I, it was one of those I could not stop. I wish Stuart started laughing too, and and they just rolled a break, and we were just absolutely just because you don't get it. this. That never happens ever. That is awesome. It was great. Why well, is he wearing shorts? See, but now if that had happened, now that would have been a whole that you'd have. Oh, you'd yeah, have, do a whole you, would you have led with that? I mean, is that a lead? Yeah. Is that like, a lead item on Sports Nation? I'm a big I mean, fan of the middle finger, so I would have supported it. Look, when you're just, mad, you're mad. It's not that he was angry at the people. It is <laughs> just mad at himself. Fantastic. So. Uh, what do you? I, I gotta. I do have to ask you some NFL questions. I guess oh. since this is an NFL. Uh, do you have? Do you? Are you allowed to have a favorite team? I, I know root that's, for I get, the Jets. Why is that? Because uh, I, I grew up in Texas, but my dad's a Steelers fan, and I don't. I'm not a uh, Roethlisberger fan, so that's not happening. Um, is it I love because Rex of his Ryan. off the field issues. Is that yeah, what it is? I just he strikes me as just a big old dummy. But um, I love Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. and as a girl. Um, I'm in love with Mark Sanchez, and that's me being a cougar, and I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> but, <laughs> so on a strictly girly note, but no, I just I, I like the way that team is. You know, they're the underdogs in New York, okay. although they're not really anymore, but right. treated that way. Right. Big fan so you like the Jets. So what was the AFC championship game like between you and your dad then? Um, it's funny because my dad doesn't talk a ton of sports with me. It's I think he still doesn't understand sometimes what I do for a living. Like, his friends will want to talk sports when I go visit and stuff. I think he just, I think both my parents, you know, the whole TV thing was just such a fluky, weird, didn't plan it. No, I know your mom's Italian. Right. right? Oh, yeah. She just wants to see how my hair's done and tells me if it's ugly or not. Right. (laughs) Make sure you're wearing Prado. Yeah, yeah. she's just like, I don't don't like it like that. Gucci or something That's all she cares. But he, yeah, so we just... By the way, how about me throwing Italian fashion out at you? I never doubted you for one second in your Metro. I'm very well-rounded. No, 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 no. no, no. good. Very well-rounded. Let's put it this way. Uh, If you may call me Metro, I will not pick off everybody's plate at dinner. Okay? That's how you say Let's put it that way. I will order my own food. It's so irritating. Probably with a potato involved. Thank you. Oh, okay? God, no, 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 no. So I'm sorry. I don't mean to go off on no a tangent. So, you, so your family does not... Uh... We don't talk... A t- like, he'll just... Uh, Spurs fans. We're huge Spurs fans. Right. So I'll get something like that. You know, if it's a close game, I'll get a text. It's the same text every time. Mm-hmm. We had them all the way. That's the text. It oh. could have been a 30-point blowout, and then somehow they went. Yeah. Oh, we had them all the way. Yeah, so they're not very hardcore. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. but maybe you can lead. Well, my parents are the same way too. I remember when I when I was doing Sports Center, I would get a again. I date myself when I was doing it. I'd get a, a call from my father the next day. You know, his typical uh, um, 
Jewish guy from Brooklyn who doesn't who who stopped my parents stopped rooting for sports when the Dodgers moved out of Brooklyn in 1955. They, they they sort of have this large hole in, in wow. basically paying attention to sports between 1955 and the year I started Sports Center in '96 oh, when they started like sort of tuning in again. And my father would call me up and leave a message. Go, how do you say the word Mitch Richmond without it screwing up? That must be very tough. You talk so fast. You know. That's, that's my dad. Question. That's my. How do you say it's Mitch funny. Richmond? Yeah, it's yeah. always like pumpkin. Remember who you are, and then you know whatever. Pumpkin. That was with that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a te- your dad's a Texan. No, he's a he was he's from Pennsylvania. Went to Cornell. Like he's a Texan now. He's he a bought Texan. a huge ranch and there he drives a giant truck and wears cowboy boots. So he's not TiVoing Sports Nation every day. And... No, no, he golf's pretty much. He's retired now. Golf's okay. pretty much. They watch it in the uh, in the little clubhouse there. He and his old man buddies. And did I did I not see you next to Regis recently? Yes. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. What was that? It was also a taste of the Holy Land because that's the kind of gig we all need. He shows up twenty minutes before that show goes live. Is that right? And she shows up an hour. Well, he beats Berman to the chair by nineteen minutes, from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, we I've seen Berman. that in action. By the way, I've seen that Good in action. For him. Berman. How does um, how? Yeah. Just, huh? I don't get it. It's awesome. Can I, I? I want to tell you one more story. I like these stories. Okay, this is my favorite story. <laughs> I'll tell this story. This is going to be good, guys. Oh no, they're already okay. They're giggling this is already. Good. No, this is good. I'm doing a sports center with Dan Patrick. Okay. And this smartest is, guy in the room. Dan, he'll tell you. Well, like I told you I learned self promotion <laughs> from Dan. You're right. So Dan and I doing a sports center, and this was back in the day. When there was just one major studio, because I'm sure oh, I haven't right. been there now. I'm sure it's manifest destiny. Half the it town of Bristol getting bigger, yeah. bigger, bigger. So uh, when I left, it was still just one studio for baseball tonight and sports center. Oh, wow. and yeah. So but this was even earlier than that when there were just two. There were three sets. There was a sports center set. Uh, like I guess in the south end and the east end was the baseball tonight set and on the west end was what uh, Bob Lee would call the general store it yeah. would be the set that he would sit in when they threw over to him for the 6 o'clock sports center right and so uh, basically all they would do is if on sports center and baseball tonight was next the baseball tonight crew would sneak in behind the cameras and get on their set we would we would see them out of peripherally behind the cameras out of our eye take their seats and then when the show started like from when sports center ended at midnight and baseball well, tonight began, the cameras would essentially just back up and tilt 90 degrees and shoot wow. that side. That's, That's basically crazy. the way it would work. So um, Dave Campbell sits down. You know Dave Campbell? Uh-huh. Okay. Dave Campbell, Dave Soup Campbell, okay, who's <laughs> who's a hardcore baseball guy. I mean, he's, he's, he's uh, perma-tanned, yeah, like, leather-faced, like he screams baseball. Yeah. He once told a story about the uh, the day that he... Uh, broke into the leagues with the Detroit Tigers. Norm Cash was the first baseman of the Detroit Tigers who took took the rook out to meet everybody. The Yankees were in town. He goes, hey, you want to meet Mickey Mantle, kid? Oh, okay. Sure, of course I'll I meet do. Mickey Mantle. And uh, take him through the party, walk through the party, walk into a bathroom where the Mick is uh, on the throne, shall we say, um, in the company of another woman. Fabulous. At that very that moment. That could have gone a couple ways, but I'm kind of glad well, I'm, we're going I'm going to just leave it there. <laughs> All I'm saying is that this was a very unique way to be introduced to Mickey Mantle, and Norm Cash doesn't like walk out the door. They don't walk out the door. They say, hey, uh, Mick, this is the Rook. Rook, this is the Mick. And this woman is. Right there. Wow. 
And uh, Mickey Mantle just says, hey, Rook, shakes his hand, and they walk out the door. One of my favorite Dave Campbell oh. stories of all time. Yeah. Mickey Mantle okay. was cool. This is great. I'm, I'm so psyched. I'm telling this you this. Is so but awesome. this is how comfortable I, I, I we've never met before. No. I'm telling you and everybody with the sound of my voice this story. So we're doing the we're doing Sports Center. That's a great <laughs> and Dave visual. Campbell sits down on the set of Baseball Tonight, and at the in the second to last segment of Sports Center, like stay tuned, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to finish up Sports Center, and they roll video of what's going on in baseball. That Baseball Tonight is just eight minutes away. Dave Van Dan Patrick goes, and Dave Campbell is sitting down, getting ready to tell everybody his favorite Mickey Mantle story. <laughs> And Dave Campbell is sitting down, okay, he's sitting down, and definitely we can't show this on on, uh, on TV. Dave Campbell's sitting down, taking his notes, writing stuff down, it doesn't even stop writing his notes with his other hand, he just picks it up, and he, fl- <laughs> and he flips the bird at Dan Patrick, puts it right down, and I look at Dan, I'm like, what the heck, he told me the whole backstory in the commercial break, I was crying, I couldn't even get through the last segment of the show, and all I kept saying to Dan... As we're walking upstairs to like the second floor, I say to Dan, like, Dan, do you know how many people are going to be tuned for oh, the 30 God. minutes of baseball tonight at 1230 night? We'll go, where was that Mickey Mantle story? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't hear that story. And Dan goes, well, them's the breaks. <laughs> and walked into his. <laughs> that is so good. Wow, Dave, cool customer, too. Mm. Didn't even break. I don't know. I just unburdened myself with that story. I, I think it's a good story. I like that story. I'm, Thank I'm, you. He you was, Mickey me. Mantle was. Um, he did Unique. things big before. Like, all these punks and, today then, think they're, like, crazy. Yeah, whatever. Well, could you imagine if there was Deadspin in his time? Oh, God. I'm not allowed to talk about Deadspin. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know. You have to try. <laughs> I don't mean to. I, uh, I, do, I, do, I was told to we, say no comment a lot more now. Is that right? <laughs> yes, I've had right? some meetings. So you could say no comment. Yeah, I could say no comment. But, but, no, but, I, but I, you could imagine if, if, if let's say, oh, organizations God. that like peering into the peccadillos oh, of, well, of all everybody. of us with our camera phones. I mean, Mickey Mantle would have been... Been tough. He wouldn't have cared, though. That's what's great about it. All right. So the Michelle Beadle podcast, <laughs> you can download it uh, on iTunes. Sure. Right? If you ever need any testosterone outside really? of your... Yeah, of course. I would love uh, that. Please. Okay, have, and make sure Linda's sitting next to you. Absolutely. Yes. I will tell you You know what? And I won't uh, tell her. Don't tell her. Yeah. Don't tell her. But you could start the clock. I will get her to laugh within 13, 13, uh, 15 seconds. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We'll do shots. 30, 30 seconds. No, no, you, have to, you don't have to do that. Oh. It doesn't need to be out. I have to say no comment when, when you, alcohol is mentioned or oh. gambling. See, that's, we, all oh, have, we, all have our own, we all have our own things. <laughs> we have our own, we no have our, our own corporate God, issues. Um, Sports Nation airs weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Saturdays, 10 a.m. on ESPNU. Did you even know that? Oh, yeah, I'm not doing those. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that oh, I'm assuming that's a rear. That's oh, yeah, that's another no, one. That's then, a fresh. Well, they they started another one when college football picks up again, which is, oh. we did. We started last season. So Sports Nation is is even exp- the brand yeah, is expanding. It's expanding. I don't know. I think they need to fill time. And um, it's a pleasure meeting you. It was awesome. Thanks for coming on. Sorry about the voice. Um, no, 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 no. Kind of don't, it sticks around. Don't, don't at all <laughs> apologize for the voice. At I'm all. Go sing on the Have plane. a safe flight. Say hi to everybody at Bristol that, that actually doesn't mind hearing my name for well, whatever Well, because you know we have to ask to do everything. So I've at, you know, I was like, can I, can I do the franchise and podcast? And you said, of course, right? Because right away. I'm, I, I, I left on. I'm a, I'm a member of Good Standing. Although, although my uh, SB invitation has been lost in the mail now eight years and counting. What? I, I mean, the amount of times I sat in those freaking rafters for an hour and a half before the show doing, you know, 
this. I could I could tell you ESPY stories till the cows come. I'm sure. I mean, about how it was in the earlier years and building up that. I mean, man. God, it's, but I, it's okay. It's okay. All right, I can. I can just. That. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all you, right. You I said can, I had I'm pool. Fine. I'm on it. You do. I'm on this. You have no idea how much pull you have. <laughs> this I'm is telling my thing you now that. when I get back. I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that. But 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 do say no comment when they tell you that. I mean, I don't want you to. I don't want you know. No comment. Just play the game. Play yeah. the game. You know what I'm saying? It's hard sometimes. It's easier to just say what you're thinking. That's the fearless of the humble, <laughs> but yet fearless no description. Such a cop out. Okay. But yeah, I know. Michelle Beadle here on the Rich Eisen podcast. And we're going to sign off too. Let's do the sign off right now. I want to thank Michelle Beadle, uh, Jim Mora calling in and reviewing movies, telling us about his trip overseas to see the troops. Uh, in Iraq and Basra and Kuwait. Also want to thank Plexico Burris for sharing all his stories. Um, and good luck to him as he moves forward in uh, what we hope is the post-lockout era of the National Football League. Follow Michelle Beadle at, at ESPN underscore Michelle. Yeah. Somebody already s- sitting on Michelle Beadle? I have no idea. That was the, they, that, they did that originally before I even got on Twitter. Do you have to? Well, is, I mean, Mort doesn't have the ESPN. Schefter doesn't no, have the ESPN. No, they did it for us. And then see, no, I, I, see, I think you should go at I'm Michelle do Beetle. It. Well, brand, I'll brand I do. I like Beetle better. At Beetle? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, you know, I told that to Schefter when he started. Yeah. Because he was like at Adam's thoughts or whatever. I'm like, dude, Adam's at Adam, something like that. <laughs> at Adam Schefter. I'm Tom. Exactly. I'm, 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 please, I'm, I'm sort of like a, a brand consultant. Um, at uh, ESPN underscore Michelle. It's at Plexico, right? At Plexico. Thank yep. you. Chris oh, Law. he's on now? Oh. Yes. Oh, at Plexico. Now. And uh, let me check. Uh, Jim Moore Sr., uh, he's, he doesn't even know what the hell Twitter is. He has right? no idea. No idea what no Twitter is. No idea. You might even call it Tweeter. <laughs> he might call it Tweeter. He might diddly You even go there. Uh, at Topher Law. At Topher Law, yes. Right? That's you, Chris Law. What do you Give me Mike Del Tufo. NFL Mike. At NFL Mike. It's, uh, really, again, uh, Michelle, can, can you tell who he works for? <laughs> yes. Can you tell who he works for that with the shield on the head? I and for the everything. Sh- no, you didn't. I know. You're a liar. <laughs> Seriously, give me the one item of clothing that we can see right now that oh, you no. paid for. Nothing. Shoes? And David Fowler no, has been, the been working this wow. Fakakta camera the whole time. You're you're at, uh, what What are you? Yeah, DF Devil. At Sun DF Devil. Devil. What? It? What? Sun Devil. At DF Devil and Kleinman. All right, I heard you. I heard you in there. Did you hear? Did you hear our television producer of the podcast this week at Jason Kleinman? I got you. I got you. We'll get you. We'll get you five more followers. Yeah, I know. We'll get you five. <laughs> be good. Don't forget about the uh, at Eisen podcast. At, okay. New, no, no. You account. just go you for it. Gotta, you you, you promote it. We're up over I can't be that self promotional. You know how many yes. people people are defollowing me now? Why? Because I keep on promote tweeting about the podcast. But what else is but Twitter you're for? To. I know you have to mix it in. I, I I the thing is I do too. I feel like really smarmy when I try to. Oh, look at this thing I just did. But but it's what it's it's for. kind of yeah. I, I know it's just. Just have to mix and match. I mean, there are people out there that's all they do, and I don't follow them. Right. Because it sucks. <laughs> that's what the person said to me in 140 characters or less when he defollowed my, oh, my block, my self-promotional butt. Um, we have the po- the at, Eisen, it's at the Eisen at podcast. The Eisen podcast. Well, and and the curb your enthusiasm podcast we did last week. How many times is that downloaded, Chris Law? It's already up over uh, almost at 70,000 downloads. Wow, uh, numbers are way up. And uh, most downloaded podcast we ever had, right? Most downloaded podcast we've ever so had good. until it was great. this week. Well, yeah, yeah. Let me know on those numbers. When they come in. 
<laughs> we will. Good to see you, Michelle. You too. Thanks. Uh, obviously, watch the podcast 8 Eastern Time on NFL Network, and we're signing off this week. Next week, Peter King is going to be Peter in our King studio. in studio. Yes, that's next week, and we've got many more surprises. This is the Rich Eisen Podcast signing off. Stay listening, friends.